0: Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews. I've been doing film reviews since 1996. You can read them anytime at Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. For those of you who like films of the 1980s, I also do a companion podcast to this show called Around the World in 80s Movies. Just search for that and you'll find it wherever you're listening to this right now. Today we're going to be looking at a film that's out in theaters that is... I wouldn't say it's getting a lot of great buzz, but there are some people that actually have come to like it. It's called The Happy Time Murders. It's a film in which humans and puppets kind of coexist. I'll get into the plot in just a moment, but it's an R-rated puppet show that makes it a little bit more unique. I guess there have been others that have done this in the past, but this one has strong crude, strong sexual content, and strong language throughout, And it does have some drug material in the film, which makes it a strong R-rated film. The cast includes Melissa McCarthy in a co-starring role. Elizabeth Banks, Maya Rudolph, Leslie David Baker, Joel McHale. There's also vocal talent here from the crew that generally works with the Jim Henson company. But I will just mention here the main vocal talent called Bill Beretta. He plays a variety of characters in this film, but he also voices the starring character of this film, the top puppet character known as uh, this disgraced, burnout, Los Angeles-based private investigator named Phil Phillips. Now, Phillips in this film has to get to the bottom of a series of murders among the stars of a decades-old television show with a puppet cast of actors called the Happy Time Gang, and that's why the film is called The Happy Time Murders. Melissa McCarthy figures into this film when she plays this police detective called Connie Edwards, who happens to be Phil's former and now estranged partner in crime fighting from his days when he was on the force, she reluctantly joins in to assist in getting to the bottom of these murders. Obviously, this is a film that's built on a mystery, so I won't go into any more details other than that. This film really dips into the vulgarities that worked. I guess well enough for other properties where you have cute and seemingly kid-friendly premises and characters that are used for some very vulgar, very raunchy comedy. The biggest example of this is another film that kind of took the Muppets into a really R-rated dimension that was by Peter Jackson in a film called Meet the Feebles a couple of decades ago, maybe almost three decades ago. South Park, of course, has made this its reputation. It's not puppets, but definitely fits into this role of a lot of I guess, vulgarity among cartoons. Avenue Q, uh, the stage show, certainly did this. Team America, which did have puppets, marionettes, really. Ted, which is more CGI, but kind of like a puppet. And Sausage Party, not too long ago. All are built on the same premise. Plenty of examples here to choose from, from this kind of burgeoning mini-genre of films. And in most cases... They've offered diminishing returns for audiences who are seeking a fun time, trying to push the envelope of humor. The Happy Time Murders, though, it feels like it's a few years too late to the dance to find any willing partners with the audience. It's not without an occasional witty moment or a funny concept. I'd give it some credit there. I don't think it's a complete disaster in terms of finding funny material, but there is a distinct lack of freshness that comes with this attempt to make everything feel filthy just for laughs to the extent that it seems like it's the main point of the film altogether. Every scene, every joke seems to be straining for trying to push that envelope. And that's where I think the film starts to lose a lot of its energy and it's really its reason to exist. As far as the plot itself, it's a typical buddy cop comedy formula. It's mixed with elements of old style film noir and maybe more modern, although still pretty old now, erotic thrillers like Basic Instinct. Uh, Basic Instinct, by the way, is referred to about a half dozen occasions in this film, leading you to wonder what material they're really mining from to try to make this somewhat fresh. And that buddy cop formula pits together those opposites who banter while trying to take down some outlandishly deviant criminals. And unfortunately, most people in the audience for a raunchy puppet movie are likely going to be too young to appreciate these allusions to these film noir and erotic thrillers and all these other things and that renders even more of the comedy as impotent in its attempt to find a funny connection with younger, modern viewers. So given that, I suppose it doesn't come as much of a surprise if you learn that the first draft of this script had been written like over 15 years ago, and that most of the pop culture references that are within the film strays far away from anything that may be going on in the world today, or even the world of movies today. Now, Jim Henson's son, Brian Henson, he takes the director's chair in this effort. It's not an official release by the Jim Henson Company, but he does retain chairmanship of that company at the same time. He's used the brand before for an adult-oriented endeavor. He did this improvisational live show along with some of the other crew members of the Jim Henson Company called Puppet Up Uncensored. Now Henson here is going full bore into his graphic material. Maybe he's thinking that the family-friendly label for his father's style of puppet-related entertainment is a bit too limiting. He offers shotgun blasts that decapitate his puppets into clouds of exploding fluff or pornographic sex scenes that result in body fluids being shot by the gallon it seems all around the room. And the worst part, at least to me, about the envelope pushing is not really the crudeness factor. It's the notion itself that vicious physical and emotional cruelty toward puppets or whoever else or their overt sexualization are just hilarious in and of themselves. If you just show puppets getting maimed, that's funny. If you show puppets having sex, that's funny. I fail to see the humor here in and of itself. Now jokes here unfortunately fall flat much more often than not. You have a recurring gag where Melissa McCarthy's character is mistaken as a man. Now the role had originally been written for a man. I guess they didn't really tinker too much with the script in that regard, except now they think it's funny to continuously bring that up. There's nothing at all masculine about McCarthy's appearance in this film. Maybe if her wardrobe and demeanor and lack of makeup would resemble her character that she played in Bridesmaids, that might have been at least passably believable for people to get confused a little bit more. Now, the screenplay is credited to Todd Berger. He's a writer and director himself, who also is an actor. He concocts this world in which humans and puppets are living together in the city, and that's pretty much like any Muppet endeavor, I suppose. But the puppets are clearly treated like second-class citizens, which resembles the humans and the tunes found within Who Framed Roger Rabbit, another pretty old-school idea here to try to build a story around. And And some people who are watching this film may try to read into it as this metaphor for racism, maybe a little bit like alienation, which is another 80s property. Whatever attempts to say more than what you'd expect from a raunchy comedy ends up falling flat, though, because sexually graphic sight gags, some distastefully gruesome puppet violence, all flies across the screen to make you desensitized to any of that thematic material that may bubble up from time to time underneath. So in this effort to branch out beyond the Muppets to make puppet-related films appealing to today's generation, I think that Brian Henson here has done the opposite, because most people who are going to see his film are probably going to recoil from ever wanting to see another film just like this. I feel like Henson here in this property has managed to tarnish his own reputation in this process of him growing tired of having to always play nice for kids, but I think it's going to make some people wonder if those who have vowed to continue Jim Henson's legacy mostly his family, are in fact only seeking to exploit it here by taking on such projects that their founder and creator had long since abandoned since his early experimental days where his puppets weren't necessarily aiming at entertaining just the young, regardless of the money that could be made. Now, Brian insists that his father, Jim, had felt constrained after doing Sesame Street into making family projects because that was then his brand, And his film is really picking up on a road that his father had wanted to travel, if only he could. If that's indeed the case, then perhaps those constraints did the world some good because Jim Henson's work, family friendly though it may be, even if he was reluctant to kind of stay in that pocket, those are going to last the test of time. The Happy Time Murders is a film that's going to be overlooked by the masses now, and those like me who have seen it are probably going to likely wish they could forget it. The Happy Time Murders, it's not entirely a disaster. You have good talent here from the puppeteers, good vocal performances, you got good actors, comedic in the film. There are some laughs, I will give it that, but it is such a tedious premise. It fails primarily because it encroaches too far into its own repugnance to be able to keep an audience in the mood for laughter. You compound that with the comedic allusions to other properties that you'd have to already have been an adult in the 1990s already to get the gist of then that makes this just merely a callback to a time too distant to ever make the 90 minutes we spend with it feel like a happy time. So I'm giving The Happy Time Murders two stars out of four. Two stars on my scale means that it's lacking something vital that would keep me from being able to recommend this to most people. That thing that it's lacking of course here is a freshness factor and really a reason to exist other than its own vulgarity. If they came up with something ingenious beyond just this premise of saying, I'm going to make a Muppet movie and it's going to be filthy, then maybe we'd have something more and if you could have made it a little bit more modern and had allusions to things that are actually going on in the world of today and not the world of the 1990s or the early 1990s, we would have something much more relevant than just being able to sit and giggle as we watch people simulate sex with puppets or see their arms and legs get blown off or see their heads explode. So two stars is the best I can give The Happy Time Murders, which I'm disappointed with because I'm a longtime fan of the Muppets and their Muppet movies and The Muppet Show. I really want that to continue to take hold into further generations. This direction is not the way to do it, unfortunately. As far as what I'm going to be doing on the next show, I'm going to be doing some counter programming to this. I've decided that I'm going to review Won't You Be My Neighbor, which is about a man who did a show with puppets coincidentally i'm talking about mr rogers of course and this documentary that was done uh getting a lot of rave reviews out there and that will be on the very next episode of this podcast so if you're listening to this you want to know what i think of that check out the next episode until next time thanks everyone for listening and i hope that you enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies